Okay, so um, I thought, I thought, I actually, we talked about a number of years ago, I gave a share, uh, related, almost a very similar topic, um, but I thought that it's a good, I've actually been getting a lot, thankfully, a lot of questions from people about like, you know, different, different detailed tzedakah questions, how, how much goes to this, how much goes to that, how much should a person generally, you know, I think seeing a, a campaign makes people ask the question, like, should I, how much should I be putting aside in general? Is that even possible for me to do? You know, is this required? Is it a mitzvah? Is it a minog? Is it, you know, what, what, what are these things? The thermometer. So I thought, what? Thermometer. Thermometer's a mitzvah, right, right. But, uh, like, I think a lot of these, but it's just, it's nice to see, you know, when there's a campaign happening and people are asking for a tzedakah, people ask, is, is building a shul tzedakah? You know, all those types of questions that have, really, have been come up. A number of people have, have, have reached out about, you know, tzedakah questions. So I thought, uh, you know what, let's, let's learn it. Let's learn it. And then, uh, you know, whatever. Once we know, the, when we, the more we know, the better. So let's start. Let's start right away. Because um, the way people generally hear the question about tzedakah is this question of what we call meiser. Which isn't, right, well, we'll see in a second. Um, it's from the concept of meiser. And uh, what... What actually Lahab the non-Jews call tithing, right? Something that, that's not just not just something in, our, in the Jewish world, um, something that's very very common in other religions also. Um, and the question is, wh- what's the source of the idea of a Jewish person giving something like a percentage, ten percent, some percentage? Where does that come from? Um, is that the abs- is there some absolute requirement, some absolute minimum requirement? Is there a maximum requirement? And then how do you how do you decide? where those things are allowed to be given. So let's take a look at source number one. It's not the place you think to look for a requirement of tzedakah, it's the Pasuk and Parshish Vayetzeh. Right, so, so Yaakov Avinu, when he has the dream, right, of the angels going up and down, right, the angels up and down, so he says to Hashem, when he wakes up in the morning, he says, this, uh, this, this rock, that was many rocks and became one rock under his head, right? Let me get more. So he said that, that Evan, um, I, he made into a matzah. And he basically says that, God, if you get me through this, I'm going to Lovin's house, it's going to be hard, I'm going to come back. If that goes well, so everything you give, and remember, at that point, Yaakov has no money. Zero money. Nothing. He's got nothing. You know he has nothing. Not just from Midrashim. You know he has no money because when he gets to Lovin's house and he wants to get married, what does he have to do? He has to work because he has no money to pay to, to, to become engaged. So Yaakov has nothing. He says to God, if you make things work for me, then whatever you give me, I will aser asrenu lach. Right? It sounds like I'm going to give something to you from that. So the Rashbam right there says, aser asrenu lach. The Rashbam is always looking, pshuto shamikra, he always wants to tell you the simplest, no, he's not going to tell you some medrash, he's going to tell you this, what does that say? Lachakrizo fanecha ola. Means I'm gonna bring. I, I, I'll take something off from my, you know, sheep and cattle that I'm gonna have. He didn't know how many spotted and speckled sheep he would have. He take some of those spotted and speckled sheep and give them to Hashem as a, as a, as a, as a korban. So that's the Kenyan Balei Tos was in source number three. Right, there are more sheets over here. Um, uh, right, v'chol shatitinli midrash Yaakov tikin la tite sorry tikin la tate meiser minamamo. Literally from the language of Asara, from tens, that, uh, that what Yaakov is telling God is, whatever you give me, 10% I'll give to you, God. Right? If, you make, if you make things go well for me financially, 10% of that I'll give over to you. And, uh, and the Medjur says, from here we learn that Yaakov was mitake in the idea of Meiser, the idea of a person giving 10% of their earnings to something. Right? In this case, it sounds like giving 10% to where? To God, right? It's not necessarily giving it to some other person, right? But certainly in this case, it's giving that, that meiser to, to, to somewhere. To somewhere. If you look at Tosis in source number four, so Tosis in Mesechus Tain, it says, Hachi Yisra B'Sifri, Aserat Aserat, it's called Tuvas Arecha, Hayotzei Aserat Aserat So we have another place, by the way, right, where we talk about meiser also. Where's the other case of Halacha about meiser? Meiser is not, right, where we talk about the idea of a person gathers in their grain from the year, Right? And what do they do? They take Meiser and they give Meiser to the Levi. And they give Truma. Truma is a 2% to the Kohanim. Meiser, 10% gives to the Levi. Um, 
that's to make sure that Kohanim and Levim who had no land would have would be sustained by the Trumas and Maestros, right? Which is not some uh, something you do out of the goodness of your heart, but it's you literally the, the your your grain is forbidden to eat until you take Trumas and Maestros, right? It's Teva. It's usher to eat it and take Trumas and Maestros. In fact, it's usher to take Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos. Why? Separate. So it's not it's not borer. Why is it not? It's not borer because it's just the same stuff. Oh, so the reason it's also is because it's a, it's like a, it's a tikkun, right? You can't eat that 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 grain is is forbidden to eat unless you do the hafrashas ma'aser. So once you take it up, so so, so, so there so it could be it's also to eat on job. You have to wait. Okay. Like no food, okay, you're, you're gonna die, so we can, we can uh, figure some answers out. But generally, generally you gotta take up true some ice before shops. Okay, so um, fine, so take a look. With it. So Tosa says here, How do I know Prakmatya and I do other business dealings? And now I have to take my answer from there. Tamulomar. Es kol dahavi matzal emar es to right es kol. Es kol. You didn't have to say es kol. Aser to aser to azareka. Why? Why es kol? Kol dahavi matzal dahavi matzal emar es to azcha. Kol the rabbis ribis uprakman yevachol davar shemar biyachbo. As you see from here, an idea that anything that you uh, make money on should be something that you should take meiser from. We'll get into the details in a minute. Um, some learn from here the Mordechai of Akama. This Taisvis is a Tashpeitz also who seem to assume that uh, this is Dindaresa. And we learn from this, from this Pasuk, that there's a, a Mitzvah Midaresa to take Maiser from any money that you make, which would be a very challenging halacha if it was a Dindaresa to take 10% of your even, let's say, net income and, and, and make that into Maiser would be a very big challenge. Um, but that's some learned as a Dindaresa. So take a look at uh, source number five. You have a, uh, a halacha in Shulchan Aruch in source number five. There's a very long, there's, uh, there's about ten simanim in Shulchan Aruch in Yerodeya called Halacha Tzedakah. Halacha Tzedakah is in Yerodeya. So, um, so the, the, the Shulchan Aruch writes as follows Shir Nisinasa, how much does a person have to give? Im Yadoma Seges, you can't give Yitzarachanim, if you have enough, you give whatever the poor people need. So if you can give, basically, you know, as much as you can give, great. If you don't have that much, you should give the max. The highest level sounds like is to give chomesh. That's one-fifth, that's 20%. That's a very high number. That's mitzvah min amuchar. And what's the, the middle, middle amount is to give 10%. Again, 10% is a very high number. Less than that, nonsense. And what do you mean, Chomesh? We mean the first year you make money, right? So it's that you, you've made something, you give that 20% or 10% from that amount. After that, it's, it's 10% or 20% from the profits, right? You don't take from, your, from the, what you have in your bank account every year and continue to take 10%. It's only what you, what you profit from, that's what you, uh, that's what you give. And she never give more than 20%. You shouldn't put, find yourself in a situation where you're so generous that you end up not having enough for yourself and end up having to ask for tzedakah. I don't think most people are in that situation. We have people who are very generous who find themselves end up needing to, to sell their uh, auction off their uh, you know, uh, cha- NBA championship rings and things like that. Uh, okay, fine. The Daf Person's about to pass away, they can give more than 20% because they're not going to need it anymore. Okay, fine. Okay, and there's one last piece here, which we're going to get out of the way now, Reuven, so you can relax. Is the, the Ramah says as follows The ain't lasos me meister shallow, devar mitzvah, could go neros lebesa knesses, oshar devar mitzvah. So the Ramah says, you should not use your meiser for mitzvah. like buying things for a shul. Okay? The Ramah writes that. The Ramah says that. Why? Because that's a mitzvah. You shouldn't use your, that's, it's, it's like it's for aniyim. However, just look at verse number six, the shach writes, that is not correct. 
the Shach says in the Taz says it also, we say this later. He says, Marshal Vadrisha Kasu Bashem Chuvas Maram, the Kom Mitzvah Shetavoli Yadok Gon Lios Babris, or the Hachis Chasim Akalo, the Chupa, Vichia Gavna Vachin Liknos, Svarim Lilmobahem, Ulash Ilan Lacherim. You know, you want to help someone get married, you want to, you want to uh, buy Svarim so a base marriage can have Svarim. Im Lohai Yacholas Bayadov, Lohai Osa Osa Mitzvah, Yacholas Yachol Liknos Minamiser. All these things can be given from Meiser. We'll see a Taz later who also says that we assume that you can use Meiser to, uh, to pay for Tzarechei Mitzvah. Certainly, uh, uh, appropriate. And that's generally the, the, what we assume. Um, Any time someone donates money for a school or for a shul or for all these types of things, it's always assumed that it's a Tzarechei Mitzvah. Uh, and, and nevertheless, absolutely appropriate for a person to use Meiser money, use Tzedakah money for Zoom. What? I think of Yes, yes. I'm trying to say that he thinks it's permissible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely permissible. This may be something you're going to address later, but when you say donation to a school, is that above tuition? Tuition, yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yes, we'll absolutely, we'll get there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the, so the assumption is like the Shach and the Taz. And not like the Ramah, that a person can give, fine. But we, we still have to talk about this question of, is this, with this amount, 20%, 10%, sounds very high. And is that, is that a requirement to rice? Is that a requirement to Rabbanon? <coughs> is it something else? So take a look at the Archa Shulchan. <coughs> the Archa Shulchan writes, the Archa Shulchan in source number seven. The Because what does that mean? If you can, you give what that what that need, and then if not, twenty percent, ten percent, etc. Because I don't understand. Oh my. He says, the cave in the Chomash of Meister Machuyavlitain, if you have to give 10% or 20%, the Yotem in Chomash ain't a Rashad, and you can't give more than 20%, Im Kain, Mimela, who Kain, Tim who Usher Gadol, Vieshra Master of Bahomash of Tsar Kolanim, Yaspiko Kotar Chayim, Im Enomaspik, Mayaset, meaning the person can give only 10 or 20%, so great, give what you can give. What's this extra level of give for Tsar Chayim? You already gave me a maximum. I can't give more than 20%. So he says, right, just said, just say, every person has to give 10 or 20%. So that's really going on here, is that these, these numbers are not Daraisa numbers. This is not a requirement from the Torah. We have 10% or 20%. They, they connected it. It's a very nice idea, right? But that's not a dindaraisa to give to give mice. It's not. A, it's not dindaraisa. The Chazal said it, it's something a person should do, and therefore they connected it to a pasuk. But it's not a. It's not an actual dindaraisa, and that's why it becomes wiggle room on the amount, right? Because it can't be. It can't be required that you're not requiring that specific number because it's only it's only the rabbanon. Um, fine. So the Chassam Sofer in source number eight goes even further. Chassam Sofer writes, without getting into all the details here, he says, There's some people do, some people don't. That's a really, that's a, that option drops it tremendously, right? Um, and the anal goes on him, he's not stealing from anybody, right? However, that he continues to say, but if a person starts to do so, you've, you start to take off a certain amount every month or every year, you take a certain amount. And then you start to do that all the time, what happens? It becomes like a nether. It becomes like a nether. And then it becomes very strong, and he says, if you want to stop, you have to do a tarasin darm. But in the end of the day, what the, the, the Sam Sofer is saying is that really this is much more like a minag. If you look at Tarasin Darm, the Pisgah Chuva writes, the Pisgah Chuva is a uh, on the Aruch. So he says, right, the idea, not the idea of tzedakah, but the idea of Meiser is not in the Raisa, he says, it's not in the Rabbanan, it's really a minagbam, the idea of Meiser. Um, that, that, that Meiser is a, is a, this is how I, I've heard many, uh, many, uh, Post can talk about it is that the idea of a certain percentage is like that's the aspirational number that a person should really try. If they can't, to give 10%, that's amazing. 
for a lot of people, 10% of your, even of your net income, we're going to see motion in a second talks about income tax. But let's assume it's 10% of your net income. It's a very lot, it's a lot of money, especially with someone who lives in Bergen County and sends a number of children to yeshiva. Um, it's just, it's a, it's, it could be a very high number for, some, for, for a lot of people. Um, so I remember even when I was, uh, when I was in the Kolel in, in YU, so I was making very, very, very little money then. Um, and uh, so guys asked for Shechter. Uh, you know, should they be giving Meiser from the $600 a month that you got from the Kolel? So he said no. He said, absolutely not. He said, you're making more money. He says, then you'll figure out, you'll start to determine how much you can give and you'll start making more. You start, start taking something off. But he, you know, if, if it was a dindaraisa, it's a dindaraisa, you got to take off $60. But Shasta uh, said, absolutely not. It's not appropriate at that, at that stage. For, and if anything, that money is, that's money that's been donated to support the cola, right? So like to then take it off and give it away and you need more, it's not, it doesn't really make any sense to it. Yeah. <laughs> המיסים שאנחנו משלמים למדינה, הם לוקחים את זה גם לעניים, גם לאנשים קשישים, בתי חולים, אז זה נחשב חלק מה... מהמעשר. כן, wow. זה 20%. זה יותר. זה יותר מזה, לא, בישראל זה אפילו יותר. אז הוא אומר שזה נחשב חלק מהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמהמה
Right? The big message is, is funded by the town. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right, right, right. But I'm saying communities outside of Israel today, yeah. first, of all, first of all, communities in Europe, they used to do this because they, they, were, they were insular communities and they had their own, based in their own, you know. Yeah, right, like we talked about that before, correct. How do you use the money of the Siddhartha? But it was like a tax. It wasn't, you know, it was, there were taxes that were put, in, that's, put on people. That's just my son. Honey, you're debating whether or not it's all right, so. Not regular, not like Meister that has to go to. The... It's not not what we Ani is something specific. Meister Ani is is it, right. no Meister Ani is just to get our terms right, right? Meister Ani is one of the, when you give Meister in the times of the, of a base Hamikdash, right? So some of the Meister goes if Meister goes to a Levi, and then on different alternating years you have Meister Shani that you bring to your Shalim and Meister Ani. So they give the Ani. Doesn't necessarily mean it's Darayis That Meiser, all those things are Darayis. That's in the Torah. But I'm talking about what we call Meiser is not like the Meiser of the Torah. Okay. Right? What we're talking Meiser is Tzedakah money. Okay. Money that a person uh, takes off from the, whatever they've earned okay. and use that to give to somebody else. Right? It's really Tzedakah. That's really what you determine better. Yeah. That community system, were they living in the time of another government that was also taxing them, or was it their form of setting up a government with that tax? I think they were still living within under government ru- governmental rule in other places also, I think. But this is how you had a, how a community exist, how a community fund itself. It funds itself that way. This is, this is a huge conversation that people have about the tuition system, the tuition system right? Should the tuition system be that you pay when your children are in school, or should the tuition system be that the entire community is 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 paying to to fund the schools? Other communities where that happens, the tuition levels are, are lower. Um, the people are paying less. Kids or not. What? Right, and then it, and then it becomes less expensive. But again, it's still it's not less expensive. It's just less, whatever you have to. More it's more distributed, but whatever. That's, I'm not here to talk about how we should set up, you know, solve the tuition crisis, but. But that is, you know, part of that, that process. Fine. But the, the, the question is, if a person, let's say a person's looking for some percentage they're going to take off, whatever that percentage is, right, and they're going to separate, and they're going to separate a certain amount of money and put it in a separate fund for their tzedakah fund. Whatever that is. Persons decide they can do 10, they can do 7, they can do 5, whatever the, the amount is that person can do. Is there so, Paying it up over a certain amount, of, a certain year. Yeah, yeah people talk about like Rosh Hashanah, like for each no, year and things so like that. You clearly made a distinction between separating and giving, right? Right. As you said, right, the fruit salad or whatever it is, the species. Um, but you also talked about this notion that there's you know this separation. But is there any indication from Minhag or from any sources about so you separated, put it in? And how long, can you, how long can you wait? How long can you wait? Maybe it's smart. I should invest it, and I won't give it for... Or, or, right, or, right. As, as, as one of the sources said, right? Before you die, you should give it, right? Like, is there any right. reason that there's... That, that this so typically it's talked about as like an annual amount. Like people talk about, like, should I get it all done before Shoshana or things like that? I don't... I can't... I'm not... First of all, if we're talking minute in the first place, then we can't talk a chiv to get done within the year. But, um, but people talk... It is talked about as this idea in some, some of the sources in terms of like once a year to figure out where you've allocated per year. You know, things do. When I talk about separating, the reason I'm talking about that is just I, I found it to be practically, um, I was told this by other people, it's very, I thought it was a very smart idea. We'll talk more at the Hashkafa at the end, the, the idea of a person setting up a separate account that you just, every month you take, whatever, again, whatever that amount is, the person's taking 50 bucks, the person's taking $500, whatever that amount they're doing, um, and putting it aside, it's very good. It's it's a great idea psychologically. Why? It's not my money. I'm not. I don't feel like that's my money. I feel like it's that's it's gone already. It's not in my bank account. I don't look at it as part of my checking account. It's not there, right? It's it's somewhere else. I've already set it aside. By the way, halakhically, once you do that, it also has ramifications because then it's much bigger shallow to take that money and then spend it it's kind of on yourself. Right now with my current account. What? That's how I feel with my current account. <laughs> That was, that was the whole purpose, but, of, but yes. the whole purpose of taking it right off your paycheck. Right, right. So that, right, it's a, it's a, it can be smart, just a practical itza, anyways. But that's why, that's why I thought about separating as opposed to spending. Etc. But a tax benefit wouldn't count against your 10%, right? I mean, you, you get offset that. So we're going to talk, some, we're going to talk right now about how, how does 10% work, and then that's a good question to, to ask. Um, 
Let's say a parent is giving their child a certain amount of money to, uh, to, start their, to start themselves off, right? So he says that those children, when they get that money, should take, should take a percentage off and give some of it to tzedakah. A lot of people ask me this question about their kids when they have bar mitzvah money, should they, or bat mitzvah money. Should they take some of that money to give tzedakah? So I always tell people it's a good idea, it's a great way to start teaching our kids about tzedakah. A kid gets... You know, whatever they get, I don't know. I'm having my first bar mitzvah in the summer, so I'll tell you how much you get. But, but I don't know what it is. But whatever amount you get, um, you know, to take some of that and to, and to give it away is, a, is, an, is I think, a, a great idea. The Rechashokan is saying he thinks that's, you know, even um, appropriate, you know, for an adult. You're giving to your children to help set them up. A certain percentage they should already start to, to give away. I mean, it comes from gifts, not just others. This is a big discussion, actually. When someone's supporting, if someone's supporting your children in some way, to argue that they maybe, you know, there are those who argue maybe they shouldn't be giving that money away. Right, right. If if you're really getting supported by somebody else, should you really be giving that money away? Which is exactly the point that Rav Shachter was making to the guys in the call. You're being supported by somebody else. It's not really your money to give. You shouldn't be giving that money away. But anyways, the a very important tshuva in source number eleven is the Igros Moshe in Yerodei Chelikav Simikuf Mem Gimel, where he talks about the question of. In income tax, right? He says, Avahura, he says, look where he just wears, I bolded it. Avah masim shelha income tax, shezehu mas meha revach, ein sarach la aser alehem mishum de nechshav kolo hirviach ze klam, right? You never ever see that money. No one thinks, no one talks about, you know, uh, Gross income as being your own money. No one thinks about it that way. It's, like it's gone before you even, it even gets to you. And therefore, he said he doesn't believe that a person uh, uh, should, should even, st- the conversation begins with net income. It doesn't begin with gross income because it's not your money at all. It's never your money. Uh, you never touch that. Um, at least you shouldn't. Um, fine. Um, yeah, so, you, uh, so then you asked the question about if you're getting a deduction. Like for like for your tax benefits. So like people talk about. I'll take a case that I think which seems seem a little more obvious. What if somebody is uh, donating to a dinner, right? And the dinner costs I don't know whatever I don't know where dinner costs. So let's say it costs two hundred dollars to go to the dinner. Two dollars two hundred dollars to eat. And they're spending seventy five dollars on your on your dinner. And you're going to the dinner and you're eating the dinner. So usually assume that the seventy five dollars doesn't count towards miser because you're getting a benefit. You know if you. Uh, you know, people ask the question, what if I uh, go to do a Chinese auction and I win two tickets to Israel? You know, does my hundred bucks, I give to China. I'm like, you want tickets to Israel, who gives about the hundred bucks, right? But I guess technically not, because then you just spent your money to, to you, could, you, could argue, you could argue on that either way. But, uh, but um, you know, so if a person gets a tax benefit, you can make the argument, if a person gets a tax benefit, maybe that's ta- whatever, that you, if you can calculate that benefit, you know, uh, the deduction, maybe it shouldn't count exactly. Okay. If you want to be very, very exacting, you could. Tzitzel Yezer in Torah number 12 has a phenomenal kula, which is not the generally accepted approach. He says as follows. Take a, take a look at this. Through Waldenberg. This is the end of the tshuva. He says, Earlier in, in, the, in the Sefer, the Meisr Ksafim Eino Elamid Rabbanon, it's only their abundance, something it's only a minog. If a person wants to be mafresh meiser, he can certainly do so. You're going to take meiser after you have meiser on what you have left after your expenses. So. I don't know about you guys, but there's right? a lot of money left over from a lot of people, right? Okay, I think I, uh, I think I got a dime. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, right? so what? But you were saying before, like when you're uh, like uh, in the yeshiva, right? I mean, charity starts at home. Right, So absolutely. are you not going to, you know, buy groceries because you're No, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So I'll tell, I'll, this is a good, so, so this is basically saying that Meister, you could argue, is 10% of what you have left over after you after you uh, mm-hmm. pay for everything else that you have. Yeah? If you have a number of debts, does that factor in? Uh, 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you something very interesting. I, we have we are running a chabur in, the, in YU um, for guys who are about you know guys who are seniors or close to going to their first internships. Um, it's about about being uh, being a Torah Jew in the workplace. And how do you do that? And we have guys come through. We actually had George Sullivan came to speak to the guys about how do you uh, balance finding time for learning when you when you're working. We had guys who just out of college who are telling me their first experiences, come and talk to the guys about balancing, you know, halachic issues, things that come up. Um, so we had a reader came to speak to the guys about finances, uh, the importance of tzedakah, the importance of, of uh, communal responsibility, and things like that. He's very, very stark on this stuff. So, um, so he told a story that, uh, he basically said, he said, people ask the question, can I give, and we'll get to this question in a second. He said, people ask the question always, can I count my tuition as my sir? So he said, he says, I think that's the wrong question. Because he said tuition is a, you know, a person's paying towards their, that's like a requirement, a person that has to, has to uh, educate their children, right? So he said, so that's not my sir. He goes, but, he goes, but, so like this is he said, but a person has to take care of their responsibilities first. A person has personal responsibilities. Then Siddhartha comes after that. So, so he said, you want to call that my sir, you don't want to call that my sir, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, the most important thing is that a person first looks to fulfill their responsibilities um, and then afterwards goes to tzedakah. So, but the flip side of that is, or maybe it's, maybe it's the same side, is I had a guy once who asked me the following question. He said his son was in yeshiva in Israel and they got a scholarship because they couldn't afford the whole thing. And then he wanted to give tzedakah somewhere else. Right? So I ran this chat. Right. So I ran that chat by, by, I think I asked Rabbi Simon. And he said, no, if he's getting, if he's getting a scholarship... So then, then, if he has something left, so if that's, they're providing a service for him, he should really be giving the, the tzedakah he has there. Um, if extra money, he should be going to that place. Again, you could argue we have lots of chovas, right, communal responsibilities throughout communities in general. But the point being that, what Rabbi Reader was pointing out, was that we also have just a certain concept of communal responsibility. Responsibilities to our that we have our shuls and our schools and our mikvah and our eruv and all these things that we get we get usage from that we're actually using, um, and and those places in theory should be the first places that we go because those are the places that we're getting benefit from. Um, so to get a scholarship and then send money to uh, some Israeli tzedakah doesn't really make sense if you're, you first take care of your responsibilities here. For for a lot of people, if they're going to do that though, they're not going to have extra money for tzedakah. Okay. I was actually, people have always said this question. There's a certain amount of, of, of tuition money that actually goes to pay other kids, to other people's tuition. So I, I happened to bump into someone who's an executive director of a, of a school. Um, and I, and I, uh, I, I don't know why it came up. Maybe he was telling me, I figured out why it came up. I said, by the way, I've always had this question. Is it really true? And he said, absolutely it's true. Um, he said, in his school, it would happen to be true. It's absolutely in his school it was true that there's a certain percentage that, of tuition that's going for scholarship. So certainly a person who's paying full tuition is pushing the, is stretching themselves to pay full tuition and then is, you know, you certainly could, can argue that there's, you can, it goes in either direction. Either you're arguing that that chalik that you're paying go, is, is your one way of you're paying tzedakah, of giving tzedakah to the school. Um, or the argument is, again, I'm taking care of my personal responsibilities first, and then if it's Yazar, I have what, what I have left over, so then again, I can figure out how to give tzedakah to other places afterwards, once I've fulfilled my communal responsibility. Um, but the, the, the point, though, in terms of Tzitzel Yazar, it's, it's not necessarily the most accepted in terms of if an individual does have more and does have the capability of giving more to first, you know, if you wait till you spent everything on all of your expenses, I think from a mindset perspective, it, it can get cloudy, right? What, am, what, how, what are my expenses? What are my, what are my monthly or yearly expenses? What, you know, how do I factor that in? If I, if I make tzedakah the last thing on the list, as, as Stephen Covey likes to say, right? Put first things first. And if you know what your priorities are, if one of your priorities is tzedakah, again, the only way of being responsible for your family. But if one of my priorities is tzedakah, then I'm gonna, I've already made that decision, then I take that money away, and then I, and knowing that I have enough for my other expenses, then I'm probably going to be making a more honest assessment of what I can really handle and can't really handle. But, it, but the tzedakah is an important piece. Um, source number 13 is in Aruch HaShulchan, who makes another point. Kol Business expenses. 
Right? You have business expenses, so those, those can be subtracted right, from the general amount. You spend license on your business, so that all comes out first before you're calculating any percentage that you're going to take off for tzedakah. Uh, I mean, we do that with the IRS also. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, Sir Shachter has said the same thing. A person, you know, has a car so they can get to work and whatever. So you can subtract that payment before you talk about, uh, before you talk about giving my sir. But um, fine. So the, the bottom line is, in terms of this part is, like we said, presumably according to most postgame, we're talking either a bun or minug in terms of the actual requirement of a miser. But the, the idea, the construct, is that a person should be looking to see how can I you know, take a certain percentage, a certain amount, a certain number that I decide in my mind that I'm going to put aside, that I can reasonably, after I've taken care of my personal responsibilities from the Tibor perspective, my personal responsibilities to my family, and then I have a certain amount that I can put aside so that a person should try as much as they can to do such a thing. If a person can't, person doesn't have, is, is just getting by, a person just getting by. So then they have, which is their, their absolute minimum requirement, which is very, which is most people can handle a few dollars here and there. Most people can do that. And, uh, you know, that's why, that's why I always encourage people, give something, something a month, whatever it is, some very minimal amount. So you, so you get, you remind yourself you're continuing to give, even if the amount you give feels small, nothing small. Every person depends where you are. It's all on your own level. Fine. But where can I give it? What counts as tzedakah, right? What is, what, is, what is tzedakah? So first of all, we started by talking about that first Ramah, which is important, that Ramah, and then the Tshach and the Taz. This is the Taz over here, source number 14, who says, So let's say it's Simchas Taranite. Right? And I'm ordered to order the auction. There's going to be an auction at the dinner, right? So let's say a person wants to use their Meister money to uh, buy Hagba for 10 people, you know, for, for, for Mr. Schechter and his, and his whole family, right? So you wanna, you wanna you, whatever you wanna do, you wanna, you wanna buy uh, Alios, et cetera, and sure, can you use Meister money for that? He says, nearly, it's like interesting how he, how he writes it. The imbishas kenias hamitzvos haidaitel shari. Meaning, you, you say to yourself, I have a certain amount of tzedakah to give away. I'd rather give it to the shul. I want to give it to the school dinner. I want to, whatever it is that you want to give it to. You decided that. That's fine. Because they're still going to tzedakah. If they go to the shul, if they go to you know, the school, etc. That's, 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 uh, that's, that is tzedakah. And the fact that you get a covid, right? They get up, amod, 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 and they say, uh, you know, hagon hatzadik. Who gets the, you know, whatever they get, you know, chasen preaches. Okay. Ain't the iser. Sharev, I mean, you could argue I'm like, I'm being nehene from most tzedakah. I'm getting benefit from that money. That's not a problem. Sharev, b'chom ma'iser, yesh toba sana labaylim. Masha ain't, because anytime you give money, you get a shtickle. It feels good. It feels good to give tzedakah. And it should feel good. Giving tzedakah should feel good. It's a wonderful, amazing thing to do. But what if when you did it, you weren't thinking about it? You didn't sound like you're from my Why don't you just like uh, bidding? And you're like, oh, Taka, I still have uh, whatever, some money left in that account. I should use the Meister money. So that you can't do. I says, that you can't do. He says, Meaning, let's say you, you took a loan on something, or you, you, you machaib yourself on something, and then you're like, oh, wait, I want to get from Meister. So that, he says, is uh, you shouldn't do. Again, you have to know what you're talking about. If a person knows they have Meister and they didn't actually think specifically in their head to give from Meister, but that's generally what they do with their tzedakah money. So that's probably be fine also. But his point is that in general, the main point, this Taz is generally used to show the opposite point, which is that he's clearly saying that he believes that, that Meister money can be used for uh, helping to support a shul and a school institution. Can we establish that Meister is a custom? Yes. How is there so much like... Rashi going into a custom. Yeah. Like if I want to do exactly that scenario, I'm taking a fictitious account that. Well, it's not. Like, I get it. It's not fictitious from the standpoint of like halacha, but from the standpoint of like halacha, you know, it's it's not it's not a real thing. It's a custom. Correct. How can you have so much like debating? Very good. So there's a halacha. So there are halachos though about if a person, for example, a person says, "I'm gonna give this money to tzedakah," and then something happens, I can't give it. So it's a big challenge. At that point, did you like make a net there? At that point, that that money is now set aside for tzedakah. 
And it's like not really hectic because it's not hectic. It's no base and But like when you want to set aside, you've decided that certain money goes to tzedakah, that becomes a, that then the, halachically, even though the whole concept is maybe a minog to separate. But once you do, then you have that there's a lot more uh, weight given to that money at that point. And it's not so simple to simply shift it and use it for your own personal expense. So I think that's more the reason why it gets, you know, a bigger question. And is there a chiyu or a mitzvah midoraisa to give tzedakah? Yes, but the shlishu zashekel. Okay. Right, the mitzvah midoraisa of tzedakah is shlishu Yes, Period. yes. And, and but by the way, when a person gives, this is, this is a very important point, thank you for bringing it up. When a person gives more than the shlishu zashekel, I, I would presume, I, I feel very strongly that this is true, you're, you're fulfilling a mitzvah midoraisa for each dollar that you give, right? Above that shekel. It's not like, you're not fulfilling a minog when you give the money away, right? The minog is, right, or the rabban or whatever is to, that we decided that it should be this amount. But if a person gives more, they get more mitzvahs. I can't, it must be, right? That the more you give, the more, the more you, you uh, gain. Do you fulfill the daraisa if you do other rabban, like Matanos, what you want to infer? I mean, is that the kiyum of a daraisa as well, or is that... Uh, um, that's a great question in terms of the words, the construct. Sort of a machtis of right. So what are those, I mean, you know, all of this, all these marmakomas about this minah. Right. But, the, but you're kind of daraisa, correct. So you're saying when I give matanos and avyonim, I'm doing a din darabonon of, of matanos and avyonim. But aren't I also fulfilling a mitzvah daraisa of tzedakah? Lachar you are. Yes. yes. But when are we doing that? Because that, I think that's getting missed here. In other words, when do we give our one-third mitzvah tzedakah? You get you, the moment you give any tzedakah, you are fulfilled that mitzvah with midaraisa, right? But but again, but this is a really important point. But every dollar that you give above it is, a, is another is is mitzvah the midaraisa, midaraisa of tzedakah. Absolutely, absolutely. Is putting money in the pushka? Yes. Miser or tzedakah? So the question all we're asking is, it's both. That, but what, 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 yeah, what I mean, what I mean by that is, does the mitzvah of tzedakah only count when the ani gets the cash, or does it count when it goes into the JNF? I think it counts when it goes into the box. The mice, the mice, the mitzvah. When's the mice? Dude, by the way, that's probably quite the reason. Right. That, like, I don't know. That, no, I, first of all, it can't be that it waits until it until it gets handed out to somebody. That could be. I yeah, know, I don't think I don't believe so. Ah, very good. I was just gonna say. So that's so the, one of the challenges is why don't you make a bracha mitzvah of tzedakah? So there's a whole there's a whole arichas on this this there's, conversation. There's a, this whole yeah. like fidelity has these programs where you can put money in them and and, and follow uh, it. And uh, you can deduct it that year, but you can only assign. But in the, in subsequent years, you can disseminate them to various charities. So. But that's interesting. It's interesting, Shalit, conceptually, like when the mitzvah actually hits, right? When does it hit? Does it does it hit when you put in the in the in the, in the in the when you hit submit on the, online, the U.S. government right? says it, that when, when you when you move the money into the fidelity accounts, you get, you get your. You it makes sense because at that point the money's left your hand. It's gone into the hands of the gabbai tzedakah, right? At that point it's gone you into the, you and they, you and they decide where to, where to distribute it, right? Someone if someone puts money into a discretionary fund, for example, right? So they've they, I think at that point once that money transfers ownership, it doesn't, it doesn't own, I don't own it. But once it transfers into, into the fund, for example, and then, right, so then the, the gabai, whoever's in charge of whatever fund, decides where it goes. I, it's an interesting question. Does it, does it wait until it gets distributed to that person for the mitzvah? It's an interesting question. That's true by, like, my Thomas Savionim. It's true. Right, right. But that's true by Sadaka. That's an interesting question. I don't think you have to worry. I don't think you have to worry. It's going to. It's going to get. All that money will get distributed and it'll be fine. But, uh, Giving Sadaka is, is Midaraisa. Midaraisa, yes. Very good. Custom. The idea of the, a certain percentage that a person must give, so that's I want to maximize my mitzvahs. Not yes. Forget about my mitzvahs. I'm going to take all that money and just give this. But it, well, so my point, so that's, I'm glad we're asking this question. It's a very good point. It, it, they're the same thing. But it's not. It is. They're not. They're scored differently. <laughs> they're not scored differently. I'm glad we're. It's so fascinating. I never thought of it like this until you guys asked the question. It's not scored differently. What's happening is the Torah mandates shlishi sashay. Okay, the Torah mandates tzedakah. There's lots of pesukim in the Torah that doesn't give tzedakah. 
but loaning money, etc. But the, 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 we're talking what's the minimum requirement for a person every single year. There's, there's mitzvah chiyuvis, right? Mitzvah I have to do, and mitzvah kiyumis, a mitzvah that I fulfill every time I do it, but I don't have an absolute requirement for it. So the mitzvah chiyuvis that I must do is a shlishes Everything I do above and beyond, I continue to be mekayin the mitzvah with the rights of tzedakah. The minag, or the, the, the question at hand about the rights of the Ravana minag is, is there a chiyuv on a person to actually give more than that shlishes hashekel? Is that not just a kiyum that I get when I do it, but is there actually some absolute requirement to do so? So for example, and it's the same thing when it comes to Matalon Sevyonim. When Matalon Sevyonim tells me, of course you get a mitzvah the rice when you give tzedakah. But on Purim, there is a din derabbanan that you have to give it now, today, on that day, that amount, two Matalon to two Sevyonim, whatever. That, that's, that's Chazal mandating how you fulfill the din derabbanan. Yes. And they're putting a minimum requirement on how you fulfill that in the rice. For sure, when you give that money, it's not a their abundance, their rice. It's a very good point. I'm really glad you brought it up. It's a really, really important point. So, someone poor or sick asks you for money. Yes. Then how much are you obligated to give or are you obligated to give? So it's not clear you're obligated to give to every single person who asks. It's not, that's, not, I, that's what makes Purim, by the way, unique. On Purim, you are. On Purim, we don't ask. On Purim, we give to everybody. That's why... If you go to a lot of shows on Purim, we, we still have, we're still small, let me see what happens when we build the buildings, but we're still small enough that we don't get people coming to the shul on Purim. If you go to some of these places, other places in Tinek, there's a zillion people outside on Purim, and on Purim, you don't ask, you just give. Um, there's this whole separate conversation about, uh, the person certainly has a right to um, inquire and to be careful where they give their tzedakah. You don't just give to whoever asks you. Um, and to, I, I encourage everybody to own, if people come to your door, make sure that person has a tinak tiuda. If they don't have a tinak tiuda, I don't think you have, a, you know, you should. I, I, I try to give to everybody who comes to my door something, something, but, but if a person doesn't come to tinak tiuda, I tell them, I'm like, you're going to do much better if you go to the tinak tiuda committee and get yourself one of these pieces of paper because it's going to show everybody that, they, that you're legit and then you're going to do better. Um, and I tell people, and I tell, my, I, tell, I tell the people in my shul, they should give to people who have a tinak tiuda. Because you, we, we can know for sure that you're, uh, you know, that you're legitimate. Does that mean that it's an interesting, another contract? What if you give to someone who doesn't really need it? So I find you know, that guy who like, stops you on, you know, this happens in Washington Heights every once in a while. I lost my bus ticket and he leaves the whole story. So at one time, I, you know, I, I, I knew the guy was lying to me. But like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't not give him the money. So I gave him $5. So everyone's like, did I really? So I'm like, the guy is such a nebuch that he has to do that. He probably need, you know, okay, use it for a job. I don't know what he used it for. But like, you know, the guy's such a, I'm, I'm not, you know, the bonus shalom I think is okay with me. But yeah, but, but in general, I am careful. I don't just give to just anything. I don't give, a, a, you know, larger amounts just to anywhere. I think you should do research and find out the places that you like, the places that you think are responsible with their money, etc. I think absolutely a person should do that. Absolutely. Um, Bakotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hotel, yeah. Yeah. This is great. I love it. I mean, that's sort of, yeah. Amishtara badka paam achat. Vekol kol anisham marbiach lefachot shlosh talafim shekel beyom. Beyom? Yeah. So every ani of the hotel is making 3,000 shekel a day. Okay, new business. I'm going to go to the Kotel. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> 3,000 shekel a day? Yeah. You know why? It's also because all these people, all these, all these tourists who come, you know, and they did like send off all their dollars. Yeah. About 30, shortly before I got to YU, there was a story in the commentator yes. about yes. Uh, the, who are the people who schnar around YU. Right. And there was one guy who was interviewed who said he makes more uh, money he makes about fifty thousand dollars a year uh sitting on the bench tax free because the student body is just so generous <laughs> and we really appreciate it i hope he gets money. So, <laughs> supposedly uh, i mean i heard from a friend who was there it happened to the story came out the year before i got there but yes. he said after that story came out that guy was not seen at one yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be so honest all the time, buddy. Uh, yeah, fine. So, so just, just to, to close a couple of pieces here, um, there's a discussion about this question of how much in terms of um, tuition. Ramosha has a tshuva, you know, how much 
Am I required technically to, to teach my child Torah to what age, uh, boys and girls, all this stuff? And could you argue that some of the education that I put on top of that is not really required? You know, it's like, but for the most part, kids have to be in school legally. So if you come, you have to generally, uh, today we assume you really have to keep your kids in school. You may be required to keep your kids in school, even, even halakha requirements. So it's a harder thing to argue. Um, um, however, there's another couple of important points. Some, this question I've gotten a, a number of times. Um, I asked Rishakta this question, so I had it clear. People ask the following question. I have a certain amount of tzedakah I give every year. A certain amount that I give. That I give. Um, and I give it to a number of different institutions, etc. What happens? Well, there's two questions. Number one is, what percentage should I be giving in my community? And what percentage should I be giving outside of the community? So we assume generally, either, either two-thirds and one-third, I mean two-thirds inside, I need eight year right? Your community comes first. Um, so, so some say two-thirds in your community, one-third outside of the community. Some say three-quarters and one-quarter. So something like that, somewhere in that range, between 66 and 75% of a person's self should stay home. Should stay in your, you know, again, you could, you could argue that community can be, you know, your school, your school, your, those areas. Um, but some of that, people have been asking the following question, and I think it's a very fair question. What if a certain institution in my life is running a campaign, right? And, it's, and they're asking for, you know, they need to raise from a very specific group, which is the members of that shul. So, but I usually give to a school and this thing and I have other places where I typically give tzedakah. Also, if I'm going to be giving more right, to the shul during this time over the next number of years, whatever that is, I'm going to be taking away from those other institutions. Right? So the svar that it dawned on me immediately was, that's very nice, the other institutions, but there's only, you're only within, right, within a community, there's a very specific group that will give to the shul. And if everyone says, well, I have to give to all these places outside the shul, you're not going to have anybody to take responsibility for the shul. So I asked Rishachter. I said to Rishachter, um, is that true? Do, can you tell somebody it's okay to give a higher percentage during that time to one... Let's say, again, the same thing would be true if a school was running a campaign. Right? Can you say, well, the members of that group sh- can give a higher percentage during a specific amount of time to that institution and then again, tell the other institutions, I'll be coming back to you, I'm not leaving you. But for the next couple of years, I'm going to be, be more, more in one place than others. So he said, absolutely. He said, absolutely. He said, otherwise, how you, he said, he said, otherwise, how are you going to... There's no one else to go to. It's only the constituents of that group who can, who can fund that institution. And, if that me, and, there, and there are other people who are funding the other institutions. So he said, in that scenario, he thought that was absolutely permissible for a person to say, I'll give more during a specific amount of time to, to, to help with building a shul, um, you know, other, other types of fundraisers in that way. What about shul dues? Yeah, so shul dues, typically in the post is not seen as something that comes from Meister because it's a, it's a, it's a, again, it's like a community responsibility. You're getting, you're getting a service, so you should be paying for it. Again, that being said, a person who has tzedakah to give away and he has a choice, he can use, he, or, or, we should say it this way, a person has a certain amount of money left over after their expenses and can even give that money to some place in, you know, uh, whatever, some place outside of their city or give their shul dues, should use that money for shul dues, of course. You're getting a service? What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you attend <a> service. <laughs> um, yeah, am I biased in this one? Um, so, so the, uh, so, but meaning it's all about, sometimes it's semantics, right? Because if you understand it, if you understand Meister as an absolute requirement, then it's like, oh, well, I can't use it for my shoulders. It doesn't make any sense. That's not, that's not, that's what we every reader was pointing out. It's like, you can't look at it that way. It's, I have, I have some personal responsibilities first. And then, if I have left over for that to give other tzedakah, fine, but my, always my extra tzedakah money goes first to the places that I'm getting services. Um, and that's my schools and my shuls and my eruv and my, my mikvah and all those things where I, where I, where I, the communal organizations, communal institutions that I frequent and that I, that I get from. But yeah. Does that imply then that if you're frequenting any of those or getting service, then it doesn't count as tzedakah? You have my service. You mean like, you mean like, what is it? Like, do you check off the box? Yeah. That way, and the, and, and, and the mitzvah. The mitzvah. It's a good question. How does the how does the first of all that wouldn't be true like in a 
in a capital campaign because there you're not. That's that's not that's a difference. That's already above above, above and above. But shul dues, right? Does that the amount of money shul dues that you give there instead of? Yeah, I, I don't know. The bon, I don't know the bonus on them like. Right. No, that's considered not mitzvah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right, correct. But it, it, you're right. It, I would look at it more as a if you want to count mitzvos, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how the bonus counts the mitzvos. But if you want to look at it as 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 responsibility to the community, so then I think the the responsible move, the correct allocation of a person's personal funds, should be to the places where they're where they're being serviced. You're right. You're saying then it's like okay. But you at the end but, of the year, do I say that I gave two dollars? If if dues are a thousand dollars and you give ten thousand dollars, then certainly the nine thousand dollars. That's for, that's not a question. You're, it's a good it's a good question. Can I argue? Can I argue that with Tzedakah or not? It's an interesting question. That that a lot of people can agree is tzedakah. It's the extra percent, percentage. It's also true. If you take the budget and divide it by the members, right? Right. That's interesting. Right. I don't like that phrase. But I'm saying if you even want to claim to get right, I could hear a halachic gymnastics, you know, to argue that it's tzedakah. You know, I'm happy to I'm happy to make a chal as tzedakah. There's a line that offsets, right? Like I know it. I mean, just speaking for Yavna, like there's a, there's a line that offsets revenue in tuition assistance. So it's straight math. Right? And in a shul, at least looking at the shul budget, it doesn't work that way. It's just... Right, so it keeps going. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You don't get the math. Right, correct. Right. correct. Exactly. Take a look just for... I want to... Let's close with this in terms of 18. It's a very beautiful kliyakar. This is not a halachic argument. This is a, this is a hashkafic, beautiful idea. On the pasuk, "Im kesef taves esami es ha'ani imach." So the pasuk says, talking about giving a loan to someone who needs it, right? And what the, the, the Torah says, "Es ha'ani imach," right? You're gonna the the, the ani who's with you. So he says as follows: "Nirakan kefel." It's a double language. Kihay lolomar im kesef taves ha'ani. Just if you want to get, if you're gonna give, if you're gonna loan money to a to a person who needs it, right? Kesef the yes es ami. It's extra, it's extra language. First you call him your nation, some part of your nation, then you call him the poor person. And then you call him, then the person says, your friend. So the point is, the, Gemara, the, the Torah wants to tell you that there's two perspectives here when you're giving to someone who needs Number one, he's part of the nation. When members of the kingdom are missing, they're lacking food. The king makes the decree. If you lend to my subjects, I'll make sure that you get paid back, says the king. Because the king... <coughs> is required to take care of his nation. And when you give to them, it's like you're giving to the king. And therefore, he has a, you know, a, certain, a certain clarity. He knows the security that he's paying, he's going to get paid back. Right, so it's basically that Hashem is, is giving the loan through you. Right? First of all, that idea that it's your working through the Rebbe Shalom. Or the Rebbe Shalom is working through you when you give. Hashenihu. This is the beautiful. Why does he call him as Hani Imach? She Yoser Ha'ani Ose Imach Mimashata Ose Imo. And then they rethink we're doing a favor for the, for the poor person. Right? But really he's doing you a greater favor than, he, than you do for him. He said, if God cares so much about poor people and people who need, he says, so why doesn't God just take care of them? Literally, fire and brimstone, right? But he says, it's in order to help everybody else who needs to help. 
You're giving him something temporary. He's giving you something eternal. You give him a dollar. Bonshalom is giving you. Who knows why, right? Like they say, you can't take it with you, or the only money that you ever take with you is the money you give away. And at the end of the day, if a person is Zoha, has the opportunity, and is, is able to give money away, that's the greatest way to keep that money forever. Right? That's the only money that you ever take with you, is the money that you're able to give to somebody else. It's a very beautiful, it's, I've, I love this Kliyakar, and I think about this all the time. It's, a, it's such a beautiful idea, and a perspective, when it comes to, to tzedakah. Like we said, every person is in their own personal space. Every person knows for themselves what is, what they, where their necessities in life and where, they can, where they're able to be able to give something. To give something. But, this, but the value of being able to give is not just what, you, what that person does with it or what, it's, what happens with it. But the part of, so much of the value is what it does for you when you become a giver. When you're a person who's able to, to give to other people. You know, when it, it just, it's a... Uh, and certainly when you're able to show your kids what it means to be a giver. When someone comes to your door and uh, you treat them with respect and you give them whatever you give them. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you give them something, you give them a bottle of water, you treat them like a mensch, and, you, and your kids see that. Uh, I think there's such a value in, seeing, in children seeing the giving of their parents and recognizing that, that what we really have is what we give away. Um, it's, it's a complicated thing because finances are hard today. It's a, it's a really hard thing. And it makes it harder to do because finances are so hard in our community. I mean, the global modern community. But, um, but it's maybe for that reason that it's even more valuable when we're able to find something, something in, in our own way that we're able to give. And at the end of the day, we end up uh, getting much more mature. Okay. Thank you.